Hey, this is Melissa Parsons, and you are listening to the Your Favorite You podcast. I'm a certified life coach with an advanced certification in deep dive coaching. The purpose of this podcast is to help brilliant women like you with beautiful brains create the life you've been dreaming of with intention. My goal is to help you find your favorite version of you by teaching you how to treat yourself as your own best friend. If this sounds incredible to you and you want practical tips on changing up how you treat yourself, then you're in the right place. Just so you know, I'm a huge fan of using all of the words available to me in the English language, so please proceed with caution if young ears are around. Oh, hey, welcome back to your favorite you. If you are already a coach or you've had a coach, this episode will come as no surprise to you. One of the keys to having a full life that you are not constantly trying to avoid or not constantly trying to do things to make life more tolerable is to actually feel your fucking feelings. Many of you may be thinking right now, what the heck is Melissa even talking about? So many of us were told at some point in our childhood, many of us over and over again, not to feel our feelings that big feelings were to be avoided at all cost. We were hushed when we were too excited or we were shamed for feeling sadness or disappointment or told whatever we were upset about was not that big of a deal or compared to our classmates or compared to our cousins or our siblings or whatever. Some of us were praised when we got over something quickly and just kept going. For many of us, it may have been more subtle than that, and the messages were not overt. But that may have looked like rushing out the door to get to the next thing, school, practice, maybe church. And we may have been having a moment, so to speak, and been told to pull it together so that our family could be on time and not make anyone else wait. For some of us, it may have been way more overt, Perhaps a parent being uncomfortable with us feeling one emotion and suggesting that maybe we could pick another instead. Like maybe it was your dad telling you to stop being fearful of going on the roller coaster and instead be excited like your cousin Missy. If you're my cousin, you know who you are. (laughs) And now a lot of us have careers or family lives or obligations where there's not time to process our emotions like disappointment or sadness. And in some places, we are even told there is no time to celebrate when things are going well and actually feel those positive emotions. These unprocessed emotions and feelings don't actually go anywhere. They get stuck, for lack of a better word, in our bodies. There is more and more evidence that chronic pain and chronic illness are at best worsened by living a life with unprocessed feelings. There is even some evidence to suggest that these problems are caused by unprocessed emotions. I've known this for years for other people, actually. In my pediatric practice, many kiddos would come in with chronic abdominal pain or chronic headache, and I would take a history and do a full exam, and we would complete the workup, never really finding a physical cause for these symptoms. Often, if the families were amenable to it, I would send these families to therapy with their kiddos, and so many of them got better with therapy, with talking about their feelings with another human. I am digressing here, but this is my fucking podcast, so I can do whatever I want. I think one of the biggest mistakes that we made in Western medicine was to separate physical health from mental health. 
You cannot have one without the other. Okay, I will step off my soapbox. Who am I kidding? This entire podcast is my soapbox. You've signed up for it. So welcome. Okay, so my favorite version of me feels my feelings. I honestly didn't know this was a thing prior to 2017, which is not to say that I did not experience happiness, grief, joy, shame, anger, humiliation, worry, overwhelm. I did, of course, experience those things, but I spent a lot of time trying to avoid the actual feeling of the feelings. I spent time using food and alcohol and overworking. Some of you may use shopping, gambling, and I certainly used and probably continue to use social media to avoid the feelings that are more uncomfortable to feel. You get to decide for you which are the comfortable feelings that you want to feel and which are the uncomfortable ones that you're always trying to avoid. Some of you are uncomfortable with every emotion, and that's okay. That's why you're here, and that's why you're listening to your favorite you. So my favorite me is not afraid to feel her feelings. I actually take a moment to feel the vibration in my body. I challenge you to do this the next time you have a big feeling. Take a minute, feel it in your body. Where do you feel it most? What does it feel like? Is it moving or is it still? If it's moving, is it a fast vibration or is it slow? Is it hot or is it cold? Can you see a color there? Does it go anywhere else or just stay in that one spot? To give you an example, a concrete one for me, the worst emotion for me to feel is shame. Let me take you back to fourth grade at St. Mary Gym with the lovely Mrs. Boron my actually less than lovely gym instructor. I can recall her yelling my weight across the gym for her assistant to write down. I certainly hope this is no longer the practice anywhere in the world. For me, I can go right back to that moment and I can feel the shame in my face and in my neck. My throat gets tight. My face gets red and hot. Shame definitely is red for me. It is a fast vibration, it feels spiky. If I resist feeling it, it goes on for much longer than if I actually take a few minutes to feel it. I'm digressing again, but I often take a minute to figure out the sentence in my brain that's causing the shame. It's not actually what happened that's causing the feeling of shame. It's what my brain is making the situation mean about me. In fourth grade, I was making the fact that I was 20 pounds heavier than my classmates mean that I was different from the other girls and that that was a bad thing. Of course, we all want to fit in, especially at that age, and I wasn't fitting in. I had already gone through puberty at that young age, and I was probably 20 pounds of hips and boobs, okay, to be completely honest. So It didn't mean anything about me, but I made it mean something, and that's why I felt the shame. So now, as an adult, as somebody who knows how to process her emotions, I can take a minute to ask, what is the sentence or the thought in my brain causing this feeling? Is it even true? Often it's not true. Sometimes it is, but often it's not. So the next step for me is to pause and to breathe and to think. How does my favorite me handle this? 
What does she do? What does she not do? I often ask myself, is there anything to solve here? Or is it just a matter of me letting this vibration come up on me like a wave and go away from me like a wave as many times as it takes to feel it all the way through? And this leads to me to being much less reactive with my actions. I'm much less reactive with my family because, of course, the people we love the most, the people that we feel safest with, are the ones who bear the brunt when our emotions are high and our intelligence is low. Now, again, this is not to say that I do not occasionally snap or sulk or have a bad aura, as my sweet husband would say. But I have to say that this happens way less often, and there are further and farther times between these episodes, and they just don't last as long as they used to. I will say that one of the best parts of feeling my feelings is recognizing that the other humans that I live with and interact with also have feelings that they should be feeling. So whenever you're feeling big feelings, consider it an invitation to get to know yourself better. I invite you to do this with your significant other, with your kiddos, anyone that you really want to know more about. If you can look at your big feelings with curiosity and compassion and as an invitation to get to know yourself, it makes it so much easier to do this when others are feeling their big feelings too. Curiosity and compassion feel so much better than judgment every time, I promise. Now, sometimes I realize you may be working on a deadline, or for many of you who are listening to this podcast, your work truly does involve life and death, and you don't have a few minutes at the time to pause and breathe and think. What I invite you to do in those moments is to just simply acknowledge what you're feeling in your body. Maybe it's a clenching of your jaw or a lifting of your shoulders. You notice all of a sudden that you're wearing your shoulders as earrings. Maybe it's a tightness in your chest, a churling or a burning in your belly. Put your hand there if you can for just a moment and tell your body, I feel you and I promise I will come back to you later. Then, when you do have a few minutes later in the day, actually keep your word and go back to your body and thank it for attempting to keep you safe. As silly as it may seem to you now, ask your jaw or your shoulders or your chest or your belly or wherever you were feeling it, what do you want me to know? And then actually listen for the answer. Let's talk for a minute about what many of you are already using to guide you. Many of you are using what you call your intuition. Some of you call it your spidey sense. Some of you call it your inner knowing. I've been learning in the trauma course that I'm taking. Actually, I just signed up for another year extension. And if this is something you're interested in, I will link it in the show notes. Dr. Badnock is extending for another year. And I've had the thought so many times, while participating in this training that every human should know this stuff. So you don't have to be a coach to learn about this stuff. Anyway, I'm learning that we not only have a brain in our head, but we also have a huge part of our brain in our chest, around our heart valves. This part of our nervous system is dedicated to sensing the quality of connection. 
There is lots of oxytocin here, which is a love and trust neurotransmitter. This is why we often put our hand to our heart when we feel connected to another person, or we can understand their happiness or their suffering. Putting our hand there helps us feel connected and it actually releases a little bit of oxytocin. We also have a huge brain in our gut. The same neurotransmitters exist there as exist in our skull brain. Our feel-good neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin. These are produced in our gut. And this is where our gut feelings come from. I'm digressing again, but again, my podcast, I get to say whatever the hell I want. Dr. Badnock shared a statistic that 40% of doctor visits are for unknown and or undiagnosable gut problems. So think about the little kids that I used to see in the office with tummy aches. And we do the whole workup and there is no diagnosable diagnosable medical physical problem. Likely these people have relationship issues that they need to work on. So our heart brain and our belly brain are connected through our autonomic nervous system. They operate in tandem, but they can also operate independently too. We also have a huge brain in our skin and muscles. It's all just so fascinating to me. And I could talk for days about this, um, but I won't do that. So once you stop using things like food, alcohol, shopping, endless scrolling, gambling, porn, Netflix binges, and the like, to stop feeling your feelings, you will recognize that the feelings are actually pretty harmless. If you're willing to sit with them, to feel them, to get to know them, you find that feeling them actually cannot hurt you. And once you have felt the feelings, you can actually have some space in your brain and in your body to move forward. The total mindfuck is that once you start being comfortable with feeling an uncomfortable feeling, it stops being so uncomfortable. And then you get to live such a bigger, richer life with more intention. You get to become your favorite you. If you have no idea how to feel your feelings, I invite you to hire a coach who can help you through this process. Someone who can be with you as you experience these feelings. I would love for it to be me if you're listening to this podcast. What you need is someone who is not afraid of her own big feelings, so of course she's not afraid of your big feelings either. Often, all it takes is to have another human being witness you feeling these emotions with love and care. It sounds like magic because it is. I'm inviting you to believe in magic, the magic of coaching. It is one of the keys to becoming your favorite you. If you like what you're hearing so far and you think others would benefit from your favorite you, it would be epic if you take a couple of minutes to rate and review the podcast. Ratings and reviews are the best way to make podcasts discoverable. I'd love it if you give me your honest opinion, especially if you adore me. And of course, a five-star review would be fantastic. 
If you click the subscribe button, you'll automatically receive weekly episodes without having to do anything else. If you feel called to share it with others you think might love it, then I will love you forever. You will become my newest favorite podcast listener. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Your Favorite You. If you like what you're hearing and want to learn more, head over to melissaparsonscoaching.com. If you want to work with me to find your favorite you, to become your own best friend so that you can create the life you want with intention, please go to melissaparsonscoaching.com forward slash contact to set up a consult to work with me one-on-one. I so look forward to meeting you.